SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Warning. The following program contains shocking content that may give you a better or worse than pessimistic hope on anything you like, especially when it comes to your love of sports, entertainment, and even your own morning culinary experiences. Viewer and listener discretion is advised. We could have a Tampa Bay Lightning Stanley Cup champion. We could have the Tampa Bay Devil Dogs as World Series champs as well. And then you throw Tom Brady into the equation. It's Tampa Bay. You call these bagels? It's Bagels and Bad Beats with Scott Wetzel. To Bagels and Bad Beats with yours truly, Scott Wetzel, on this Friday, September 25th. Sitting in for the next two glorious hours, as we always do, taking your phone calls at 844-843-6879. Again, that's toll-free, 844-843-6879. You want to follow me on Twitter, send a tweet. It is at Opposite Picks. That's O-P-P-O-S-I-T-E, Picks, P-I-C-K-S. Email me, go to the website, OppositePicks.com. Hit the contact, Scott at God and fire away. Emails, tweets, phone calls right here. Little YouTube chat as well. Out of Bagels and Bad Beats Friday edition with Scott Wetzel. Well, can the Nuggets repeat a repeat? Battle of Florida goes to uh, seven and up for the Pac-12. One less mountain to climb in college football. Times are not a-changing. Thank you very much, Bob Dylan. Uh, everyone has a price. Good job by Donovan. Bad job by the Bryants. Let's go bowling. Kentucky, you got to be joking. And uh, Betts opens We'll get to all those stories again, plus your phone calls, emails, and tweets right here on the Bagels and Bad Beats on a Friday, September 25th. A little bit of everything last night. We had NFL. We had some college football. We had Major League Baseball, NBA, no uh, NHL. That resumes tonight, Game 4, uh, between the Stars and Lightning, with Tampa Bay leading it uh, two games to one. But uh, we did have basically everything else going on, including our beloved Dolphins, which uh, get off the schneid. They beat Jacksonville 31-13, as I figured slash hoped they would do. Uh, as Ryan Fitzpatrick, the 36-year-old, 37-year-old, whatever he is, uh, threw for 200, or actually 160 yards, but scored a touchdown, threw for two more, so we counted for three TDs. They get the nice win. Lakers get the win, as I thought they would, and the Stanky lose again. How about that double dip, uh, local LLs, loyal listeners? Yank lose, and the Dolphins win on the same day. Doesn't get much better than that. So maybe with a bad piece, a lot to get to on this Friday, right here. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Now, back to Bagels and Bad Beats with Scott Wetzel. Fitzpatrick throws for the touchdown. 
Preston Williams into the end zone from three yards out. And that was a terrific start for this young Dolphins offense on the trigger. Well, On a Friday morning, here's Julie Scott Wetzel sitting in, taking you right up until 7 a.m. Eastern Time. 844-843-6879, the toll-free telephone number. Again, 844-843-6879. We'll open up the phones here in a little bit. Send a tweet at Opposite Picks. That's O-P-P-O-S-I-T-E, Picks, P-I-C-K-S. Email me, go to the website, OppositePicks.com. Uh, hit the contact Scott icon and fire away. We do have our poll question up already today. <clears throat> now, there's, uh, with the uh, beloved Dolphins winning last night, they get off the schneid, no longer 0-2. So, which is the worst 0-2 team in football? Jets, Bungles, Lions, or the proverbial other? You got a few choices to choose from. Maybe the Denver Broncos, maybe the Philadelphia Eagles. <clears throat> but get your vote in. Go to Opposite Picks, O-P-P-O-S-I-T-E, Picks, P-I-C-K-S. And uh, we'll update that uh, throughout the evening or throughout the morning, and then we'll update the uh, final results from yesterday's tally. Uh, happens thirteen, and then uh, they led from start to finish, as you heard there. Joe Buck, Troy Aikman with the call on NFL Network as uh, they took the opening drive, went down the field for their opening drive anyway. Scored seven nothing. It was fourteen nothing. It was fourteen seven. Then it was twenty one seven at the half. Dolphins. And really, the turning point came, if not in that first half. Jags the possession in the second half. He fumbles the football inside his own 10-yard line. Dolphins recover. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick, a quarterback draw. That made a 28-7 third-quarter Dolphins. And for all intents and purposes, that was it. Jaguars did move the ball up and down the field a little bit in the second half, but uh, they always failed to convert. Dolphins' defense came up big when it needed to. So Miami gets the win, and, and a uh, not necessarily a bad, bad beat, but you know if you were sitting on the over, and I don't know why you were because we gave out the under yesterday, but if you were sitting on the over 49 and you had 28 at the half, you know you were looking pretty good. Obviously, anytime you can get more than halfway there, you got to figure second half. You know, you, you know what you didn't get the. It's as simple as this, really, with this over under. You didn't get the oh by the way touchdown. That, that that's basically the bottom line. You know, Dolphins up 31 to uh, 13. Um, you know, Jacksonville had a couple of opportunities to just go down the field and get the oh-by-the-way TD, which would have made it 31-20. Game would have gone over. You know, maybe they would have gone for two at that point. You know, no real reason to down, uh, you know, 18. But um, bottom line is they couldn't convert the oh-by-the-way. Not that the Dolphins were playing great defense. Not that there was any intensity in the game. But it's as simple as that. You know, you got to have the fickle fate of luck when it comes to this gambling stuff. So they did not get the oh-by-the-way touchdown. So the game goes under. Cha-ching, cha-ching. And the Dolphins do win. First double-digit win for Miami. Get a load of this. This is really surprising. Uh, since 2017. Now, which is not that, that long ago. You know, three years. But when you start thinking about it, this is the 2020 season. 2019. The somewhat late into the 2017 season. You got to go back four seasons ago for the last time the Dolphins had a double digit win. I mean, that really is kind of like 38 games. Just a simple double. Listen, they haven't won that many games, period, let alone double digits. But, you know, that said, 2017, December, the last time the Dolphins had a double digit win. Good gravy. Uh, Fitzpatrick throws for 160 yards. 
throws two TDs, runs for another, as I mentioned, that one score. And again, the Dolphins win 31-13. You know, then you start playing, as I am a Dolphin fan, you know, then you got to start playing the game of like, gee, if they could play this good, you know, albeit against a lousy Jaguars team. But I will tell you, as I mentioned before, watching Jacksonville's first two games, they, you know, it was not a fluke against the Indianapolis Colts. You know, that they won that football game pretty, you know, that they shut down a Colts offense with uh, Phillip Rivers. And not that I'm a Philip Rivers fan, but, you know, you know the scenario with, with, with him. You know, he could uh, see the feast or famine, and it may be a famine with him. And uh, they played very well in a three-point loss against Tennessee, which they never gave up. You know, they were trailing by two scores most of the way, but they were always they were going toe-to-toe with, the, uh, you know, a very good Tennessee Titans team, which, you know, let's not forget. Last year. So, you know, they had two pretty good performances. Short week, definitely, definitely. It's the rare case where the short week affected the home team more than it did the road team. I think the road team, the Dolphins, led by a veteran quarterback versus the home team, led by Gardner Minshew, who did not play well last night. He did, you know, a chance for him to have a little bit of a coming out party, you know, being on national TV and then all this Minshew mania and all this other stuff that people have been hearing about. If you really paid attention to the game last night, you walked away saying, well, geez, what is everyone talking about? He sucks. You know, he fumbled the football, threw an interception, sacked a gazillion times, bad decisions. You know, this is the same dude that threw for six touchdowns the first two Jaguar games this year. Well, last night, just, just not a good outing for Minshew. It's, it's too bad because he's better than what he showed last night. But, you know, it's a chance to make a first impression. And as the saying goes, you only have first impressions once. And the first impression on a national stage for Gardner Minshew was not good. You know, any, anyone thinking that, okay, maybe, just maybe, Jacksonville has its quarterback of the future on its roster already, and they don't necessarily have to uh, play for uh, Trevor Lawrence, uh, you didn't see it last night at Gardner Minshew. Well, let's put it that way. Now, if you're a Dolphins fan, <coughs> you know, as I am, uh, as you LL loyal listeners know, you know, you, you play the game. All right, this was an absolute, positively, without a shadow of a doubt, must win if Miami was going to do anything this year, right? They, they couldn't fall to 0-3, and you can't lose to Jacksonville if you want to make the postseason. So, all right, they get the win. Now you start looking at the schedule. All right, they got Seattle next week. That's going to be a tough one, albeit at home. But I will say, a few years ago when Seattle came to town, it's a pretty good team. The Dolphins were able to upset them. But that was a couple of years ago, different cast of characters. You know, maybe, just maybe, you can, you know, sneak out a win there. Then you got road games at San Fran and at Denver, which, you know, at the beginning of the season figured to be tough games, but with the quarterback situation being as it is for both those teams, with both starting quarterbacks uh, more than likely not playing this week, you know, that's still a couple of weeks down the road. But if you could sneak a one-and-one out of those two, you know, even if you lose to Seattle, you fall to one-and-three, you sneak a one and one out of San Fran and Denver, and now you're two and four. And then you got two home games against the Chargers and Rams, both on the surface, winnable games, one o'clock games for West Coast teams. And then it really, even if you could split that, right? You just get to go three and five. Then it opens up all of a sudden for the Dolphins. Then you got Arizona. Then you have the Jets back to back. Then you have the Bungles. I mean, you have four absolute winnable games that you got to make hay out of those. Then you do have Kansas City, but at home. Uh, then you got New England, winnable game this year, I think, and then Vegas and Buffalo. You know, again, j- just survive that stretch of Seattle at San at San Fran and at Denver. You know, you can't come out of that one and five. You know, if you can come out of that three and four somehow, Dolphin season might not be lost. Now, the only problem with that is you might not see Tua. 
That's the issue. You know, it, it, uh, and I will say this, and the guys in, uh, you know, made it a buck and an Aikman were saying it all last night, and if you're a Dolphin fan, you know this. This team does love, you know, uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick. I, I don't think there's any dissension there. Um, you know, they jump all over him, and he loves them. They love him. White guys, black guys, purple guys. I, I mean, there's there's no you know uh, no barriers between the teams, I, and they do they the guys scored a touchdown, right? And generally, you know, running backs, wide receivers get a little pissed off. You know, they want to score the touchdowns. Quarterbacks do enough, but when, when Fitzpatrick made it twenty-eight to seven, I mean, they were jumping on him like they they just won a Super Bowl. And they, they do, they, they they love him. So uh, pulling him out of that lineup, if they're three and four and in the thick of things of a playoff spot, it's going to be very difficult, Dolphin fans. So you may not see Tua until the Dolphins are officially eliminated, but with the, the postseason being it is this year and things being as crazy as it is this year, you might not see them, to tell you the truth, or at least not for any extended period of time, maybe a game or two, but this is Ryan Fitzpatrick's team right now, no two ways about it. So you're kind of damned if you do and damned if you don't if you're a Dolphin fan. Even in victory, things are a little, you know, disheartening. All right, day four, four, eight, four, three, six, eight, seven, I will get to the Lakers win last night. That's next, baby, for that beat. But I'm glad you want to see that SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Try my disgusting bagel. Now, back to bagels and bad beats with Scott Wetzel. Allowed the Lakers to come back and almost erase a 20-point deficit. They got within three before Denver had the finishing kick. Davis, Ooh, a flurry of moves, and he okay. knocks down another one. DNC with the call last night. Vegas at that beat Sunday, Friday morning. Scott Wetzel taking you right up until 7 a.m. Eastern time. Across the nation here. Lakers do beat the Nuggets last night, 114-108. Although I must say, now, the L.A. did lead from start to finish. And, and really, you know, not that they weren't threatened because Denver did cut the deficit to one in the fourth quarter. But at no, at no point, maybe that's just my preconceived notion on the game, Nowhere along the line did I think the Lakers were going to lose this game. And, and, but I must say, I am surprised that Denver put up as much of a fight as, it, as they did. Uh, you know, depending on where and when you did your shopping, the line was right around six and a half, six. So you may have gotten lucky uh, with the push. If you bet the Lakers, you may have gotten lucky with Denver if you got the six and a half. You know, if it was six, you, I always say buy it down a half a point. So if that's the case, then you end up being a winner. So. Uh, but it was basically a Laker three to eight, nine point lead throughout the game. Uh, Lakers were, were leading it by uh, 10 uh, late in the third quarter when uh, Denver went on an 11-4 run, cut the deficit to three, starting the fourth quarter. Again, uh, an early bucket there made it a one point game. But it, every single time the Lakers were kind of, you know, pushed into a corner, LeBron and AD responded. And, and uh, I, I tell you, it's uh, they hit some big-time shots. Not just those guys, but Rondo hit some uh, big-time shots. Caldwell Pope, believe it or not, hit a couple of big threes. 
So Lakers held the difference at the free throw line, 35-23. They got the benefit of the doubt every single call. Uh, Denver's Mike Malone made reference to it. You know, it's it's not that crazy of a, of a number, 12 more, but enough where the Nuggets are pissed off and they may go to the league and complain. I don't know if that's going to help their situation. It shows how desperate they are, though, that's for sure. As the Lakers go up three games to one, LeBron goes for 26, AD goes for 34. Lakers are 18-1 and one when they combine for 60 or more points, which is not surprising. Uh, LeBron is 13-0 and 0 in series in which he's up three games to one, as the Lakers are here, obviously. But that said, if you're a Nuggets fan, you don't have to go very far to realize that you still have hope after rallying from 3-1 down to beat Utah and 3-1 down to beat the Clippers. So if they can beat those two teams, why not the Lakers? I don't think it's going to happen, but if you're a Nuggets fan, uh, you know, at least you have some hope. Although you wonder how many times you can go to the well. And when you start complaining about officiating, that's a sign of desperation. Listen, we all know the officials suck. We get it. And we all know they play favorites. We get that. And we all know they're going to look the other way when it comes to LeBron. We, we know that. But that's a given. So when you start complaining about that, that to me tells me that you're at that frustration point where you've exasperated all your options and you have nothing else left to do except just complain to the officials. You want to take your last shot. You know, you're a boxer going down for the last count, and then you want to just throw one more haymaker, and just maybe, just maybe, it'll connect. That's what complaining to the league is about, NBA officiating. It's an impossible task. There's fouls on every single play. There's travels on every single play, and they have their favorites. So, you know, what what, what are you going to do? So Denver trailed most of the way. You know, they, you knew the Nuggets were in trouble when they were hitting right around 60% from the floor at halftime, and they were still trailing by five. You know, how long is that going to last, right? So Lakers up 10, like I said, and every single time they were pushed back into a corner, they were able to uh, to push back, and, and now the Lakers have a 3-1 series lead. I, I thought they would win by double digits. I really did. I, but I did tell you yesterday as we left, you take the Lakers on the money line. It was one of the rare times, and it went down to six. I was very surprised it went down to six. Uh, I thought, you know, in a series in which these opening lines were around seven, seven and a half for game two, it did drop to six and a half for game three. The Nuggets win. And I thought yesterday that thing would pop back up to seven, seven and a half. And it actually went in the other direction. I was very surprised that Denver Nuggets money was coming in because I, I still am under the belief, as much as I root against LeBron, I'm still in the belief. LeBron and AD, that's a tough matchup for any team. It, it really is. And when those two come to play, they're going to be a tough out. And I don't know if there's going to be a team left that is really is capable of beating them. So. I'm surprised the line dropped uh, versus going the other way, Laker way. But ultimately, and I don't do this too often, but there are certain games where I just say, ah, fudge with the point spread. I don't want to deal with that nonsense. Are the Lakers going to lose again and even this series at two games apiece to the Denver Nuggets? No. You know, maybe the L.A. Clippers. Um I wouldn't even say even Portland. But, you know, Clippers would be the only one. But I, I, did, I just didn't think it was going to happen. So when I get in those situations, I don't fool around with backdoor covers and Lakers up 12, 13 with the minute and change left and the reserves come in. They bang out a couple of threes and, then, you know, you end up winning by only five. You know, I, I didn't want to deal with any of that nonsense. So it was a rare time where you're getting halfway decent value lane, only 255 last night when everything was said and done. So Lakers win it. They're all set up. They'll no doubt clinch it over the weekend. And now it's up to the Celtics uh, to figure out if they're going to make this a series against the Miami Heat. Game five later on tonight. I can't believe the Celtics would actually go out and five. <clears throat> I mean, that would really be amazing. But they might. 
Uh, Adebayo is playing for the uh, Heat tonight despite his wrist injury. I will say one one uh, thing real quickly back on the Laker win. Uh, I don't know if you saw the highlight of it, but I'll tell you, Jamal Murray, he hit a crazy layup that just reminded me of maybe, I'll tell you, back in high school. It really did, as I was joking on Twitter last night. <laughs> uh, remember the old Michael Jordan, you know, Chicago Bulls against the Lakers NBA Finals where he uh, drives, I think it was the Lakers, he drives with his right hand and shifts it to his left for the layup. Well, Murray had a similar one like that, but even better, even better because Murray did it against LeBron, which was one. I forget who the Laker defender was, but <clears throat> Murray did a reverse layup on top of it. He drives in with his left hand, fakes the shot in air, and then does a reverse layup well underneath the basket with his right hand. At least with Jordan, he was kind of in front of the basket, so it wasn't a complete reverse layup. But with Murray, he was on the left side reached over on the right side, flipped it off the backboard and in for, for a, a, one of those, uh, you know, crazy shots. I mean, it, it was, if you haven't seen it, then you haven't been watching, you know, your local sports report, because that will be on every single report, whether or not. Shot. This kid, I'll tell you what, you talk about having a coming out party, you know, Gardner Minshew did not last night for the Jags, but Jamal Murray, he did a little bit last year. And if Denver could somehow muster up one more win, just one more, so they just don't completely roll over to LeBron, you know, Murray would have that much more time to get into the national spotlight, you know, because he is a terrific player. I mean, he was trying to put that team on its shoulders. You know, Jokic kind of showed last night his limitations. He's nice, but he can't guard anybody. The fact that LeBron actually had a couple of pull-up jumpers against Jokic, who was guarding LeBron, I mean, this, uh, you know, overweight uh, will be kind on a Friday morning. This overweight, you know, seven-footer, basically, is trying to guard LeBron James, and LeBron doesn't have enough guts, ball, guile, whatever, to drive around him. I mean, he should have been driving to the bat bucket every single time. And uh, so he showed his he, – he's a nice player. He is. He's not a superstar. He's a – most teams – are you going to win a championship with Jokic being your main guy? I don't think so. I, I think the Nuggets have kind of tapped out on how far they should go. They really are crying out for one more guy, whether it's going to be Porter Jr., whether the guy's on the roster currently, or they need to add one more. But they, they need to take the load off Jamal Murray. This team just doesn't win, you know, unless Murray goes for 30 points. You know, and maybe you could say that a bunch of about a bunch of other NBA teams, but you know what? A bunch of other NBA teams aren't about to go to the NBA Finals. You know, it's not about making the playoffs. It's not about going to the uh, second round. It's not even about now going to the Western Conference Finals for Denver. It's about what is it going to take to get the Nuggets over the top and make them true championship caliber ten contenders. And it's getting a third option. You just need a third option to really be able to beat these big teams. Uh, Lakers don't necessarily have it, but their core around LeBron and AD, you know, whether it's Rondo or, or, or Dwight, <coughs> Dwight Howard, um, you know, even Pope, Morris, you know, those guys are pretty good. They can all kind of rotate who's going to be that third wheel. Uh, Caruso, you know, I, or, <clears throat> you know, so they all kind of rotate who's going to be the third wheel. The Nuggets really don't have that. And, and you need that. You, you do need that um, to be able to step up. That's why people think the Celtics would pose a bit of a fight against the Lakers, because they have really four or five guys uh, that challenge. But didn't happen last night for uh, the Nuggets. I didn't think it would, so they trailed three games to one. And <clears throat> it's amazing. I was on Twitter last night, and 
You know, the majority of the tweets were the NFL. I'm real curious to see. The uh, I don't think the ratings will come out by the time we're through today, but they'll, they'll come out sometime this afternoon, uh, the overnight ratings. I'd be curious to see. You have Lakers, you know, with LeBron, AD, in a good series, you know, trailing or leading it only two games to one. It's not like it's a, you know, 3 nothing series or a 2 nothing series. You know, I'm curious to see what the ratings are. You have a really big time, <clears throat> if you will, Laker playoff game. Versus an absolute no-nothing, unless you're a Dolphins fan, as I am, or a Jaguars fan, football game. Which does better in the ratings? You know, which one of the two? Is, is it going to be a, a, a Dolphin, which outside of Florida has just no appeal? I mean, just zero appeal around the nation, right? I mean, unless you're a Jets fan rooting for the Dolphins to lose. Otherwise, you know, it's, it's the bottom of the barrel of football, you know, as it was really two weeks ago. But even even last week, rather, you had, uh, you know, the Joe Burrow uh, and Baker Mayfield factor. You, you know, you had Ryan Fitzpatrick and Gardner Minshew. I mean, there was nothing. So if the Dolphins and Jaguars can uh, annihilate the Lakers and LeBron in the TV ratings, that really lets you know, LeBron, where you stand nationally. It really does. And where the NBA stands nationally. Um, I'd be surprised just knowing everything if the Lakers were even out, out to the Dolphins, ratings-wise, but it is still an eye-open to show you how big the NBA or how big the NFL actually is. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Try my disgusting bagel. Now, back to bagels and bad beats with Scott Wetzel. his fourth year, but these Nuggets have all been together for the most part. Now it goes, and oh, oh my goodness, what a basket! Jamal Murray! We gotta see this. Murray is attacking. Look at him, go up. No, I'm not gonna dunk. Not gonna use with my left, but the, oh. English. Off wow. the glass, when Murray is attacking off the pick and roll, this team is dangerous. We know about Joker and his passing ability, but Murray loosens up the defense for everyone else, and he's a great finisher. By the way, he can find an open man on that penetration too. Right now, there you go. TNT with the call last night. Uh, last night, that was uh, Chris Weber <clears throat> on that uh, one crazy shot there by uh, Jamal Murray. But, uh, you know, the Nuggets may have won the battle, but the Lakers win the wars. They win a 114-108, taking a 3-1 series lead. AD led the way with 34. Again, LeBron with 26. You know, and more importantly, maybe uh, aside from those numbers, is the fact that, you know, AD was 10 of 15, which is great. Uh, LeBron was even an acceptable 7 of 18. Not quite as good, but it's LeBron. Uh, AD made all but 1 of 14 free throws. Even LeBron made 11 of 14 free throws. Uh, they dominated on the boards. You know, LeBron getting uh, nine, uh, Dwight Howard at 11, uh, Anthony Davis uh, added five. So, you know, after getting manhandled on the boards uh, in game three, 
Lakers out-rebounded Denver 41-33 to in this contest. You know, that that's where you start looking at some of those fouls. Listen, I'm all for Denver complaining. We all know the officials, you know, give the Lakers and LeBron the benefit of the doubt. But when those numbers all side with the Lakers, then, you know, sometimes you, you just can't pick one number out. You know, Lakers shot... Uh, you know, the same uh, percentage base, a little bit less, you know, 48% versus 50% for, for Denver. Uh, but they out-rebounded them by 8, you know, 41-33. So they were winning the battle of the glass. Same amount of assists. You know, they had nine steals uh, versus only four for Denver. So, uh, you know, it's hard to pinpoint, okay, just the free throws. And when you think about it, you know, but this is how the officials are. Uh, if you want to think the game wasn't on the up and up, and, and I'm not even suggesting that, and I don't think Denver's even suggesting that. They're just saying the disparity in the free throws. But when you look at it, you know, Lakers had 25 personal fouls called against them. The Nuggets had 28. You know, that's that's pretty even. You know, it just so happened to be that the Laker fouls, uh, you know, with Denver, you know, were able to pile on the points at the free throw line, and that was not the case with, with the, the Laker fouls for the Denver Nuggets. You know, Laker fouls is... You know, the 25 of them, you know, they didn't create that many, you know, free throws. Only 23 versus the 35 for, for L.A. So doesn't really seem to be too much to, to complain about in my eyes. 844-843-6879. Again, 844-843-6879. And then baseball, real quickly, we'll get into it uh, more here in a sec. But the Toronto beat the Stankies 4-1. to one. Uh, the Jays uh, clinch a playoff spot first time in a couple of years for that. You know, Yanks have actually lost four or five. Boy, they are absolutely limping down the stretch. And here's, you know, some impressive numbers in uh, in defeat for the Stanks. They failed to hit a home run again last night. No big deal, right? Well, it's the fourth straight game in which they haven't hit a home run. All right, so that's not that, that long, Scott. Believe it or not, their longest drought since 2016. You got to go back five seasons ago. The last time the Stankies haven't hit a home run in four straight games. Boy, those roid needles really haven't worked on late, huh? And it's the first time since 2013 that they failed to home run in a four-game series. Not that there are that, that, that many four-game series in a year. However, there are plenty. And the fact that you got to go back to 2013, the last time they failed to hit, hit a home run uh, in a, uh, a four-game series. Wow, that, that really is uh, amazing. College football, the big stories, the Pac-12 and the uh, Mountain West both voted to play football. One's going to have an eight-game schedule, uh, the Pac-12, and then the uh, Mountain West is going to have a seven-game schedule. Mountain West is actually going to start sooner on the 24th. Um, uh, the West is going to have the eight-game schedule, rather. They're going to start on October 24th, and the Pac-12 will play a seven-game schedule beginning November 6th. And quite frankly, as I said yesterday or the other day, uh, I don't think the Pac-12 really wants to play. I, I really don't. You know, if the Mountain West can start October 24th, why? Someone's got to explain to me why it is taking a month and a half for the Pac-12 to start its season. You know, when you're you have uh, you know so little time as it is, you need to get a certain amount of games in to be really seriously considered for the national championship. Why are they waiting? They're going to practice the rest of September all of October, and then into the first week of November before they play their first football game. I I'm sorry. Listen, I picked my daughter up at school yesterday, and I saw a bunch of kids on the football field, and they were doing all kind of exercises. And I asked my daughter, you know, what is that? Is that the soccer? Is that, the, you know, is that cross country? Or, you know, what is it? She said it's the football team. And I said, well, I didn't think the football team was playing this year. Well, they're not. I said, well, what are they doing practicing then? 
Well, they're just, you know, just a bunch of kids. They all got together. They want to stay in shape. They never know what's going to happen. They can't hit. They can't put pads on. The coaches can't be out there. But they can run drills and stuff, and they can stay basically in shape. And I'm thinking, okay, you know, they're, they're holding out hope that they're going to play. And I bring it up only because if a high school football team is staying in somewhat game shape, or at least to the point where if they got the okay to play, they would be ready to play in a couple of more weeks of real practice, why aren't the college football players doing the same thing? I mean, they've never given up the fight. There's always been this thought that maybe, just maybe, that they would be able to resume. The fact that the ACC, ACC, and Big 12 never stopped would make me think that these college football players would at least do something similar, that they'd at least be running around. This way, again, if the green light came, they wouldn't need a month and a freaking half to be prepared for a season to begin. It's November 6th, for goodness sakes. They don't want to play. They, that, 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 there's no two ways about it. The Pac-12 doesn't want to play. They want to shut people up. They want to appease everybody. They want to tell the fans and the players, all right, we're going to play. We're going to play. You win. We'll give in. However, you know, it can't come overnight. It's not going to happen next week. Not going to happen next month. It's going to happen two months from now. That's stupid. Well, why bother? Why bother starting in November? Now you play a seven-game schedule, and God forbid a team can't play here or there. Realistically, you're probably looking at a six-game schedule. I mean, I can't help but think that if you went to those coaches and those players and you said, okay, guys, we're going to start, you know, what's the earliest we can go? You know, what do you need, two weeks, three weeks, four weeks, five, six weeks? You know, uh, we're going to give you six-plus weeks here. You know, do you need six weeks? No. Give us three weeks. You know, come up with a schedule, and then you got to figure out a fair way. They're going to come up with a schedule and announce it within the next couple of days, the Pac-12. Give us three weeks, and let's get this thing underway, you know, realistically, you know, October 24th or so, that, that, that third weekend of October. That gives us three solid weeks in October and even a week in, in September. And realistically, to me, I don't know why you couldn't get it underway October 17th, but maybe there's the travel logistics and hotels and all that other stuff you got to organize. So, but but November November 6th, that's dumb. They don't want to play. They just don't want to play. All right, 844-843-6879. Someone who does want to play ball with us, it's Richard in West Virginia. What's up, Rich? How are you this morning? They have, uh, you were talking about the, uh, the ratings for the NFL compared to the Lakers and the, uh, and the Nuggets. I yeah. think that the ratings would have to be I think the ratings would have to be lower than a stakes than a, than an alligator's belly for the uh for the uh NFL because I mean the Lakers and the Nuggets was a premier game. Uh, who cares about the, the that game especially a game like that the Dolphins and who they play? I didn't even know they were on. Jacksonville. 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 I know but the NFL yeah, the good. NFL dominates though. You you could get the worst uh, NFL game, Rich, and I think it's going to outduel the maybe best NBA game. No way. Not in my opinion. There, there is no way that I'm going to watch that game. I didn't know it was on, and even if I did, when you got a premier, like I said, the Lakers and the and and the Denver Nuggets, that's much more. I just I can't see how you can even think that the NFL dominates when it comes to something like that. I would well, be interested you, in the ratings. Yeah, I, 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 I am too. I, I can only tell you what the Twitter world is. And listen, I'm not going to allow the Twitter world to dictate life. But the Twitter world, uh, there were way more tweets last night about the football game than there were the, the basketball game. Now, uh, you know, in general, the average football game will double 
if not more so, the average NBA game. But a different scenario last night where, as you were saying, you know, you got a big, big NBA LeBron James game against a know-nothing on the surface football game. I bet you, you know, without knowing for sure, but I would be surprised if the NBA game uh, outdid the uh, the football game. Now, the football game also, no, it was only on the NFL Network. So it's, some people were even tweeting they don't have NFL Network, so you couldn't watch it. So that, that made it a little bit tougher. But I still think, you throw that into the equation, Rich, I still think the NFL will, will uh, dwarf the NBA ratings in, in the ratings. Like I said, I'd like to hear what they are, and I don't care if they're on the NFL Network or whatever they're on. It wouldn't make any difference because uh, maybe a lot of people don't get the NFL Network, but uh, still, it, it doesn't interest me. The late, that, to me, would be, I would say the ratings, I'd be interested in hearing the ratings, but as far as the game tomorrow night, I think that you're. I think you're wrong. I think that the uh, Nuggets are going to win tomorrow night, and the Lakers will win on Monday. Uh, that's what I believe. But it's going to be. It's just. A, it's just a great series, and uh, we'll just see what happens. I. I. I think the. I just think the Nuggets are going to come up with something to win tomorrow night, and it will go to Monday. We'll be interested in uh, watching that. Yeah, I listen. Uh, I appreciate the phone call, Rich. I hope you're right. I mean, uh, that's uh, I'm not rooting for the Lakers. That's for darn sure. I hope you're right. But I think again, as I said the other day, I think a lot depends on what happens in the Heat Celtics series. If Miami clinches tonight and there's no more games for the Miami Heat and they can sit back and rest until the post of the NBA Finals begins, then I think LeBron goes into Game Five just as serious as the Heat would have gone into Game 5 against the Celtics and figure, all right, we can't be playing a Game 6. One, we can't screw around with this team because, as we've seen, you know, you don't put the foot on the pedal with this club, and they, they will bounce back and, and uh, you know, put a scare into you. So I think he realizes the Nuggets are down. So if he realizes the Heat are sitting back now relaxing, then the last thing LeBron and AD want is they have to play another basketball game. So now if the Celtics win tonight, would that let the Lakers have their guard down just a little? Maybe. I, I do believe it does play a role. I, I really do. But ultimately, uh, it, it's still – listen, I was impressed with Denver last night. They really – they were in it the whole way, but they were also trailing the whole way. And while they didn't get blown out of the game, it, it never – like I said, I never thought that they were going to lose. I, you know, Denver's A game versus the Lakers' A game, and I won't say it's not even close, but – they're not going to get it done. And I think you're going to get the Lakers' A game. A chance for them to clinch. I'd like to know what LeBron's record is in games in which his team has a chance of clinching. Uh, I bet it's pretty darn good. I bet it's pretty darn good. We'll close on hour number one next. I love the Lakers. That'd be SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Bagel. Now, back to Bagels and Bad Beats with Scott Wetzel.
Bagels and Bad Beats on a Friday morning. Scott Wetzel sitting in, taking, re, uh, taking you right up until uh, 7 a.m. Eastern time. Now, this article was written in uh, 2017, May of 2017. So it's a couple of years old, but keep in mind, he didn't make the playoffs last year. So we're only missing two seasons of LeBron. We'd have to, uh, 2017, so 18, 19, this is 20. Actually, we're only missing one season of LeBron. So... Uh, and the rest of this 2007 playoffs. In 220 career games up until that point in the postseason, LeBron 142 and 69. And in closeout games, 31 and 9. 31 and 9, not bad. Uh, 8 and 5 in closeouts, his first in with the Cadavers, 14 and 4 in closeouts uh, during his reign down in Miami. And, uh, you know, elsewhere, the, his second stint with the, the Cadavers. Uh, closeout games. He was 9-0 up until that point. So it added all up, 31-9. And I'd like to know, you know, in games, in series, that they were up three games to one, uh, what his record would be. Jordan, by the way, just to, for uh, comparison's sake, 30-13. and 13. Uh, Kobe Bryant, 32-16. Tim Duncan, 35-14. and 14. So LeBron actually sits at the top at that point at 31-9. and nine. So you know, does that give, you know, it's it's three out of every four opportunities LeBron has had a chance to clinch, he has. That, that's pretty darn good. So knowing that, that's why, I, I, I like I said, I'd be surprised. I'm rooting for Denver, but, uh, you know, even if Miami were to lose tonight, I got a strange feeling they will, but that's been a wacky series with between Miami and Boston. Uh, regardless, I think ultimately LeBron takes care of business. And I say LeBron like he dictates everything in life, but, you know, it, the Lakers take care of business, get the job done. And uh, and just sit back and relax if, if need be. All right, 844-843-6879. We'll take a top of the hour break. Then we'll come back. We'll open up the phones. we got some baseball stuff, college football. We'll get into uh, some more and uh, some NBA news. All coming up, baseball. Well, maybe we're not doing something. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. 